The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by NMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at NMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. NMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting NMWKM Advisors LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the money. The skies are sunny. And old man recession, you are through. You have done us wrong. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market, social security, the bond market, inflation, income taxes, estate taxes, you name it. We talk about it and we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week's going to be no exception because we have an absolutely fantastic show lined up for you. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am I'm Ken Morayf, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morayf. Thank you, Jack. And I am founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. And we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. And that's those of you who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. I love it. So if that is you, then we'd love to work with you. We'd love to help you. And uh, recently, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors. They actually did that eight years in a row, which is mind boggling to me. But without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. And uh, if you are not a client, our website is RPO. A.com. We podcast this show, so if you want to subscribe to the show, you can and have it delivered to your uh, your device uh, every every week on time, and you can listen to it on your schedule. We also have videos, we have articles, we have all kinds of stuff to help you achieve your retirement goals. And uh, so we have a great show lined up for you. So let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So this one's going to be kind of cryptic. Okay, so I'm going to kind of tease you guys and give you something, but you're not going to kind of make sense out of it. But that's what you do, right, in a, in a, in a show. You want to tease people and make them stick around. Okay, so the first segment is entitled Pink Ties, Yellow Ties, Baby Blue Ties. What you don't know could hurt you. Okay, so we're going to talk about a potential recession that could come in the latter part of 2022 next year and why I think we have a big rise coming before that happens. And so pink ties, yellow ties, baby blue ties. (laughs) Now, also, we're going to talk about how much risk should you take with your investments? 
Okay, and this is a very important question you should ask yourself because our philosophy, since we work with people who are retired or retiring soon, is that we only want to take as much risk as is necessary to accomplish your financial goals. We don't want to take any more risk than is necessary. So how do you figure out how much risk is necessary? How much risk should you take? So I'm going to go over with you how we do that in our second segment. Also, as we do every week, we're going to have some strategies to maximize your social security benefits. And that's always exciting. I love doing that. You know, if, if we can help you to increase your social security benefits by even $100 a month, that could be tens of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. I mean, think about that. And in many cases, you know, it could be more than that versus if you did it incorrectly. So we will talk about that to help you. And also, as I said, we work with people who are retired or retiring soon. And so now, you know, another core principle that we have when it comes to our investing philosophy, it is that growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. Okay, so we want growth with protection. And so one of the things that I think confuses that issue is this notion that you're a long-term investor. You know, don't worry about it. All you got to do is have a diversified portfolio, sit in a hammock and sip mint juleps, and you're, you're done. And just rebalance it periodically, and you're done. Well, no. That is a long-term investor, which is a 25 or a 30 or whatever year old. I want to tell you where we feel you become a short-term investor, and you may be that and not even know it. I would suspect that if you're over 50, you're already a short-term investor and you didn't know it. So we'll tell you why we think that later on in the show. Now, also, now you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. Most shows would say, you know what? If we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. No, don't you dare stop me because on this show, do we only go where people expect us to? Of course we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about my favorite kind of trust. It's called the Dynasty Trust. And the Dynasty Trust is, uh, and I'll just tell you the title of the fifth segment, and it's how to preserve the inheritance you leave to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs for up to 100 years. Protected from divorces, lawsuits, bankruptcies, taxes. Man, we'll talk that about that. keep the little squirts happy. Yes, and we want happy squirts. Without happy squirts, uh, we, we, we have an unhappy squirt. So, <laughs> so we're, we have a fantastic show lined up for you, and I am sure you're going to stay tuned for the entire program. Um, now, you know, I want to tell you a quick story. I, I actually have uh, uh, my wife. We, we live on this. Uh, we have a, a beautiful uh, little lake behind our house, and there we have swans back there. And these swans have babies. And they're, around there, there are also bobcats. And the bobcats love to feed on baby swans. And my wife considers the baby swans her grandchildren, so she's on this mission to protect all these baby swans. And, and she's everything. Well, the other day... There was a bobcat out there, and I'm telling you, that bobcat was the size of a mountain lion. I mean, if it stood on its hind paws, I bet it would look me straight in the eyes. And she ch went out there, and she goes, I'm going to go chase it off. And I'm like, no, you're not. She goes, yes, I am. So she ran out there. She grabbed her tennis racket, and she started running towards this bobcat. I'm videoing this, and I'm thinking, okay, this is the last time I will ever see Faye. <laughs> and she goes tearing off after that thing i'm videoing the whole thing and she's got her she's waving go away go away go away 
and don't ever come back. Ever. See, because Bobcats understand English. So when you tell them that, they, they go, okay, I won't. <laughs> I wish I could show you the video. I mean, I'm telling you, it would just, you, you, you're thinking, what is this woman doing? Anyway, let's talk about pink ties, yellow ties, baby blue ties, and what you know could hurt you. So as you guys know, right now, there's a big concern about inflation. And of course, inflation has heated up. We have a lot of inflation right now. Uh, the consumer price index went up, what, 6%, the biggest rise since 19-whatever. So we have a, a, a big spike in inflation. And basically, I view that as makes sense. Why? Because there's a disconnect between the demand, which is picking up very rapidly, and the supply. And when that happens, if supply is lower than demand, prices of that supply go up. That's just basic economics. So if you look at, for example, uh, you know, chips, cars are basically computers on wheels now. So if you don't have chips, you can't make cars. So what's happened to the price of cars, right? It's hard to buy a car and they're expensive. Soon, when the supply of chips comes back online, that price will come down. But right now, we have that disconnect. So people are concerned about it. Now, here's where, where the pink ties, yellow ties, and baby blue ties comes in. Now, for you guys who are listening, to, I mean, you men, right, uh, who wear ties, you may remember, and maybe 20 years or so, when, when the rage was to have those pink ties and the baby blue ties and the uh, sky blue ties and all that, right? It was a rage. And it was the fashion. And if you didn't have that, you were like, not cool. Well, I remember going into a store because I, got, I had to get my ties to match it, to match the, the trend, and they didn't have them. And I was like, dang it. And I was going all over the internet. I was trying to find them. I couldn't find these stupid ties. Well, guess what? A week later, I went into and every single store in the whole country had thousands of yellow, pink, and baby blue ties. Our economy is unbelievable at supplying the demand. And, and what happens is all those stores, there isn't a single store that wanted you to walk into their store and the, they didn't have the ties, right? So everybody had to stock up on ties. Well, when everybody does that, guess what? There's too many ties. We don't need all that. You know, everybody kind of bought their ties. They were done. And now all these stores have thousands of ties they don't know what to do with. So what do they do with them? Sometimes they throw them away. Sometimes they discount their prices so you can buy them for half off or whatever. That happens in real estate when there's an oversupply of real estate because everybody's building to satisfy the demand. So you have that kind of thing, and that is what's called, ladies and gentlemen, a recession. When companies are forced to drop their prices or throw away inventory, which is a capital loss, and that can create a recession, and that can then create a bear market. And, you know, Y2K was an example of that. The technology buildup leading into Y2K was massive. Everybody wanted in the technology because we were scared that when the clock was, you know, Y2 point one, uh, then what would happen, none of our computers would work if we didn't have the new technology. So everybody loaded up on it, massive rise in technology stocks and all that. But then everybody had it. And in 2000, it's like, okay, nobody needs new technology anymore. And we saw a massive drop in technology stocks, 90%. And that caused the bear market that we saw in Y2K, where the S&P went down 49%. So Long story short, I think we have a lot of supply coming on. Companies are going to start making more profits. Companies are going to sell more cars, that kind of thing. And as that happens, we're going to see profits rise, in my view. When that happens, the stock market will reflect that. And I think we have all-time highs coming for us for probably the next 
six to 12 months. However, eventually what will happen, there'll be an oversupply of money. The government's pumping a lot of money into the system, an oversupply of a lot of stuff, and we could see a profit recession. And if that happens, we could see a bear market. So my, my advice to you guys is be prepared, okay, to steal something from the Boy Scouts. Um, <laughs> You know, prepare yourself. Have a strategy to protect yourself. And we do. Our strategy is called invest and protect. And so that's what we want you to do is protect against the downside. And our strategy said to sell in uh, November of 2007 before the credit crisis. It also said to sell on March 10th, which was the day before we even announced we had a pandemic. And the market then went way, way down after that. So we want to help protect you from the downside. And we want your retirement to be successful. And so if you go to our website, it's RPO. A.com. You can sign up for seminars we have on it. You can uh, sign up to visit with one of our retirement planners to help you build that. We have lots of resources. Our website is rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how much risk should you take with your investments. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. I want to talk with you uh, now about uh, one of the exercises that we would go with, go through with you if you were a uh, prospective client. And, uh, you know, we do this at no charge or obligation. And the reason why is because I'm a, I'm a strong believer in the more people you help, the, the more you'll be helped in return. It's not a mercenary thing. I'm not doing it because of that. But it's just my belief. It's kind of like karma. You know, the more good you put out, I believe, the more good there is in the universe. And it always comes back and, and uh, helps you in the, in the long run as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing. So our... Uh, Visit with one of our retirement planners is at no charge or obligation, and we would go through this exercise with you. So let me go over with you what the topic is. How much risk should you take with your investments? So the, the, the way we, we do it at our firm is we look at what we call a retirement cash flow plan. Okay, Because what we want to do, our goal, is for your money to last as long as you do. Okay, So we want your money to support the lifestyle that you want for the rest of your life, and you don't run out of money. So that's our, that's our prime directive, if you will. And uh, so therefore, and we want you to have financial peace of mind to boot. So if you can do those both, both of those things, then uh, I think we've done a good thing. So the cash flow exercise helps us to determine how much risk you should take. And the reason why is because if the amount of money you need to support your lifestyle is not very much, because you have other sources of income besides your investments, then you can take a lot less risk than somebody that their investments have to provide the majority of their retirement income. Okay, so let me explain. So here's the exercise. The first thing we want to do is we want you to, uh, we'll help you if you do it with us or you can do this on your own, is to gather together all the sources of income that you're going to have while you are retired. Okay, so if you're not working anymore, now where are you going to get income from? Well, one source and, and anything that is not investments, okay? So all sources of income that are not your investments. So that could be if you have rental property, real estate. Uh, it could be a pension that you have. It could be social security. It could be gifts that you're getting from a, a rich uncle or your grandparents or whatever it may be. So whatever sources of income you have, once you are retired that are not your wages and not real estate, we want to kind of see what those are. Okay, uh, or that are not from your wages, but not from your investments. Everything else, including real estate. I said that wrong. Okay, so now that we know all the sources of income that you'll have, the next step is to look at what are your expenses going to be. Okay, so now we want to look at everything you spend money on. And, you know, I've had many times when people come in and say, well, my cost of living is $2,500 a month. And I'm like, 
No, it isn't. Well, yeah, it is because look, I got utilities, I got uh, you know my this, my that, and I'm done. Okay, but what about do you give ch uh, gifts to charity? Well, yeah, I do that. Okay, well, we need to add that in. Uh, do you give gifts to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs? Uh, yeah, I do that. Okay. <laughs> do, do, you, uh, do you go out to, to eat? Do you, have, do, you, do you want to travel? You know, do you have property taxes that come around once a year? Well, yeah, I have all those. So you want to include every single thing that you spend money on to come up with your cost of living, except for income taxes, okay? So leave income taxes out of this equation for now. So once you have all of the sources of income, you're going to subtract from that all of your expenses. And if you're like 90% of our clients, the sources of income, Social Security, for example, is not going to be enough to cover your entire cost of living. So you're going to have what we call a deficit, the deficit, whatever that is, needs to be made up by your investments. Your investments are going to need to make up the difference between what Social Security is paying and what you need to live the life that you want. Okay, so how much is that deficit? Once we know what that deficit is, then we now can say, okay, well, what percentage is that deficit of the dollars that you've got? So let me give you an example of that. Let's just say my favorite number, of course, as you guys know, is $1 million. Okay, that was my Austin Powers uh, reference. But anyway, so what you do is, let's say you have a million dollars in investments, and we determine that the shortfall, your cost of living, all, all the stuff that I just described, minus your sources of income, and let's say you only have Social Security, turns out to be $40,000. Okay, that's what you need your investments to provide you. Well, if you have a million dollars, 40000 is 4% of the total dollars that you have. Okay, so now your hurdle rate, we need to factor in inflation, so it's going to be something higher than that 4% because your 40000 will go up over time with inflation. So we need to figure out what we call your hurdle rate. What's the rate of return that you need to earn on your money to make up that difference? And we take into account inflation in the future, future uh, 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 taxes. We take into account you know, if you're going to get money from selling something in the future. All that stuff needs to be factored in. Now, once you've got all that, now you can determine how much risk you need to take because if, if the rate of return we need to earn on your money is 4% to support your lifestyle, that dictates a different level of risk than if it's 5, 6, 7, or hopefully not 8%. If it's that, then you're spending too much. So how you determine how much risk you, you should take with your investments, in our view, is a cash flow exercise, and it's the one I just described. Now, well, Gomer, I know. It is a Shazam moment, isn't it? Now, if you would like us to help you walk through that, because, you know, a lot of times um, people are not going to, you know, like I need, it's like a coach, right? I need somebody to help me to get through this, a personal trainer. Well, we'll be your personal trainer when it comes to your finances. We'll help you with that. So if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. So if you go to rpoa.com and you click on meet with an advisor, what we'll do is we'll schedule a time with you. We can do it in person or virtually. Uh, and what we'll do is uh, we'll walk through and help you to figure out what your expenses are, sources of income, and we'll build that cash flow plan for you. And we'll help you to determine how much risk you need to take with your investments to support your lifestyle for the rest of your life. And we'll do that at no charge or obligation. Okay. Now, if we can help you, that is fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. So either way, no charge, no obligation, and we will part friends. 
think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And you know what? Bogey is correct. It is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. So if you go to rpoa.com, you can begin that friendship with us, and we'd love to do that. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about strategies to maximize your Social Security benefits. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. This is the segment where we talk about strategies to maximize your Social Security benefits. And if you are so inclined, if you would send me your questions, you would help me to do this show because I don't have to dream up stuff to talk about. You can just do it for me. So if you do that, I'll endeavor to answer your questions on the air, and hopefully others will benefit from that as well. So let's talk about Social Security strategies. So the first question I have here is, my wife turned, my wife and I turned uh, 62 uh, last year. My age is six, my age 66 benefit is $2,517 and hers is $755. Nice. Uh, if she starts drawing now and I wait until 66, she will receive a lower spousal benefit when she turns 66 than if she does not draw on her benefit now and waits until she is 66. Is that correct? All right. So let me first of all phrase what the question is. So what Social Security allows for is that you can collect on your spouse's, half of your spouse's benefit or your own, whichever is the higher. Okay? So that's the question here. So the answer, therefore, to this question is yes, that is correct. If she applies for her benefit at age 62, she'll get a, her benefit will be lower. But then what they'll add on is the, the benefit that gets to half of yours, but it's added on to a lower amount because she started at 62. So therefore, the total benefit that she'll receive will be lower than if she waited till she was 66 to start getting half of yours. Okay, so your question is, yes, that is correct. All right, question number two. I'm 69 years old, and my husband is 64. If I start getting my benefits at age 70, can I switch to getting half of his when he starts getting his benefit at age 66? The reason I'm asking is because half of his is larger than mine. And the answer is yes. Okay. Now, once he turns 66, and that's a key thing, one of you, for the other to collect half, has to be full retirement age and start and, and started collecting. Okay. So once he turns 66, you can get half of his or yours, even though, as this question states, you are over the age of 70. Okay. So this is a benefit that is applicable regardless of your age. Okay. So you can do that later on in life if you want. All right, let's see. Uh, one more question here. I'm at full retirement age, 66. I filed for benefits at 64, and uh, I wasn't working, so I started to receive my benefits. Uh, several months later, I suspended my benefits, and I did not repay what I received. So I just suspended future benefits. I hadn't received any benefits until about a month ago when I started drawing on my own benefit at age 66. The question is, can I repay the benefits I received and file for my spousal benefit now? And the answer to that question is no, it's too late. Okay, so you, you cannot, once you file for your, your benefits, you have a one-year window where you can say, I want to go back, give you Social Security all the money back and start over. Okay, but this, in this case, this person has waited two years. Now, that actually applies for those of you who, because of the pandemic, um, took Social Security maybe sooner than what you might have. And if it's within a year of your starting and now you have a job or you feel your income is going to come back, you can go back and repay the benefits that they 
gave you and then wait till a later date to start your Social Security. And Fascinating. That, and that's something that you should think about if you did that. Now, of course, you have to have the, you have to have the money to, to pay them back, which is not always there. Anyway, um, Social Security is extremely complex if those questions did not illustrate that for you. And, uh, you know, we want to help you with that. And uh, our Retirement planners are credentialed, and we test them, and we uh, have them go through training on Social Security. And so we can help you to make the proper Social Security decisions, we think. And so if you go to our website, you can go to rpoa.com and click on Meet with an Advisor. And if you do that, then we'll schedule a time to meet with you, either in person or virtually. And what we'll do is we'll go through and help you to make that Social Security decision. Now, let me tell you, we want to look at your entire financial picture because how much money you have, your income taxes, the ages, your cost of living, all kinds of things impact that decision. It's not just 62, 66, or 70. Okay, so we want to look at your entire picture, help you to build a plan, and we'll do it at no charge or obligation, and we'll part friends regardless of what happens. So, cool. so rpoa.com is where you can avail yourself of that. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about you may be a short-term investor, and you don't even know it. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. And of course, as you know, we call your retirement your second childhood without parental supervision. So we want you to go play. We want you to relax, enjoy. We want you to be a kid again. And, uh, you know, my son-in-law, who is, uh, I think he's 36, if I'm not mistaken, he said, man, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just go away in May, come back in September, and while you're gone, you don't have to think about work, and you don't have to worry about anything. You just be, you know, like when I was in college, and I was like, yeah, what you're talking about is your second childhood without parental supervision. You can do that, but you have to have enough money to be able to do it. And so he laughed, and I said, so, yeah, so that's what we want for you. We want you to have, uh, go back to your college days and have fun with your, with your spouse or your significant other, and just enjoy. Um, recently, Inc. Magazine, uh, actually twice, named us one of the top uh, 5,000 fastest-growing uh, 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 companies in, in, in the United States. And uh, I think one of the major reasons for that is that our philosophy of invest and protect, which means, yes, I want growth, but I want protection along with it, resonates with the people that we want to work with. And those are people who are over 50, retired, retiring soon. And I think when you reach that that place where you're within five years of your retirement or you're in the first five years of your retirement, if you're in that decade, then you're in the area where we want to help you. Because we believe that if you take large losses, if you invest improperly, make bad decisions, those things could impact you for the rest of your life and, and cause you not to be able to enjoy the retirement that you want. And so we want to help you with that. And a foundational philosophy behind our uh, how we manage money is our invest and protect strategy. And uh, one of the things that you that is a counter argument to having a strategy where you sell, you don't just buy and hold, you sell as well, you get out, you, you protect your from losses, which we did in November of 2007, before the whole credit crisis of 2008. We did it again last year in, on March 10th, to be specific, before the big uh, ma the mass parts of that downside happened. We want to protect you from those big losses. But the counter argument to that is you shouldn't worry about it. You should play through it because you're a long-term investor and you don't need to worry about it. Well, I'm here to tell you that you may be a short-term investor even if you are 55 years old and you didn't even know it. Okay, so let me explain what I mean. You're a persistent cuss, pilgrim. Well, Duke, I am that. <laughs> if nothing else, I am that. So how do you determine if you're a short-termer or a long-termer when it comes to your investments? Well, our view is how long-term you are 
is determined by when you are going to need to access your money. Okay, so for example, if you said, I want to set up a college education plan, and uh, you know my grandchild just uh, was born, and they're going to go to college in 18 years, so I want to start uh, building that up for them. That's a long-term plan, right? 18 years. Now, if you came to me and said, I want to set up a plan for my grandchild, and they're going to be going to college in three years, that's a short-term plan. What's the difference? The difference is when you're going to need to access the money. So in our view, it is the access of the money part that determines, not how long you're going to live, okay? Because in the case of this grandchild, hopefully they're going to go to college when they're 18. You're, they're 15 now. It's still a short-term investment, even though they could live another 70 years, okay? So this notion that I'm a long-term investor, people tend to associate that with how long I'm going to live, right? So if you're 60, you're thinking, you know, I hope to live to be 90 or something or 100. So I got 40 years. I'm a long-term investor, well, no, you're not, in my view, if you're going to start accessing your money sooner than that. So the question is, when are you going to start needing it? So if you're within five years of your retirement, and when you retire, you're going to start needing income from your investments, then in my view, you've just become a short-term investor because you're within five years of needing to use it. And if that's the case, or if you are retired already, and you're living on, you're using some of your money from your investments to cover your cost of living, then I think you're a short-term investor right now, okay? Even though you may have another 30 years uh, ahead of you. So once you become a short-termer, because you're drawing from it, you need that money for something, then, in my view, your philosophy of how you manage your money should change as well. So if you're 25 years old and you're putting money into a 401k or you're 30 or even 40 or whatever, and you're not going to touch this for another 20 years, then you could be way, you can be, in my view, way more aggressive with how you manage your money. You may not be so concerned about bear markets and downside risk and all that because you, you can play through it. You got time and you are a long-term investor. But once you get within five years of your retirement or you are already retired, our view is you are a short-term investor now. And so growth with protection, in our view, needs to become a very, very important part of how you think. Because there's, there's a uh, term that is called sequential risk. Sequential risk means when are you going to take a loss determines to a great degree how long your money is going to last. And we've talked on other shows about how if you take a big hit early in your retirement, that can cause you to run out of money versus having a big hit later in your retirement. The timing of when you have losses. So in our view, protecting you, you from losses during that, ten, that, that five years before retirement and five years after, during that decade, is incredibly important. To hear you say that makes me love you, baby. Well, thank you. I love you back. <laughs> and so therefore, if, if, if this resonates with you, if this makes sense, if you feel that that aligns with your way of thinking, then what I encourage you to do is to go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And when you're there, you can, have, you can avail yourself of lots of different resources. So we have videos, we have articles, we have podcasts about our invest and protect strategy.
and you can learn about it. You can see if it makes sense to you and all of that. At the very least, it'll educate you on all that. Now, you also, we have seminars coming up next week that are on retirement planning. Now that the pandemic is appearing to be over, what, uh, what are you going to do now? We have social security seminars. We have uh, estate planning seminars. These are uh, virtual but live. We also uh, have the ability for you to sit, uh, visit with one of our retirement planners if you'd like. You can click on meet with an advisor and schedule a time to, ve- to meet with w- one of our people. And they're, they're credentialed retirement planners. They can help you build your retirement plan. We want to do that for you. Again, no charge or obligation. So all of that is available to you at rpoa.com. I don't know how to say I thank you except I thank you. Well, Frankie, you are welcome. And uh, we'd love to help you if we can. So rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how to preserve the inheritance you leave for your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs for up to 100 years. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. All right, we are going to talk now about... uh, how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. This is also called estate planning. And this week, I want to talk with you about my favorite trust. You know, I think there are a lot of trusts that uh, lawyers have devised that most people don't need, and they have them anyway. But this is one that I think is really cool. It's called a dynasty trust. And uh, we're going to talk about how to preserve the inheritance you leave for up to 100 years. To infinity and beyond. Yeah, almost 100 years. (laughs) But we're going to talk about that. But first, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care My pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire and of course, that is Tony Bennett with rags to riches. And you know the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff. It's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags. And we do not want that to happen to you. So each week, it's this time we have our estate tip of the week. So this week, we're going to talk about the Dynasty Trust. So currently, the estate tax exemption. Okay, so the amount that you can pass on to your aforementioned greedy unwashed is about $12 million per person that is doing the giving. All right, so that means if you're married, uh, you and your spouse can combine and you could leave a little over $24 million to whoever you wish. Uh, or And so that should cover most everybody, right? So the Estate tax right now, and this was Donald Trump's tax law, is uh, high enough that I suspect the vast majority would not have uh, any estate taxes. Now, President Biden is talking about changing that, and we don't know what the final thing will look like. But I can tell you, I've been in this business long enough. I remember when the amount that you could pass on was 200000 and anything above that was subject to tax. So it's $12 million now. It was 200000 back then. And so don't think we won't go back to some version of a lower amount than what we have now. So the tax, if you are over that exempt amount, can get up to 50%, meaning that half of what you leave could be subject to uh, estate taxes. 
Now, if it's inside, it, and that's if you leave it as an inheritance, if it goes from you to your child and then from your child to your grandchild. So essentially, if it's going to get cut in half at each generational level, the estate tax was originally essentially designed to pass, to, to, to give, you know, to tax the whole thing and leave nothing left eventually, right? To take it all back over time. So the dynasty trust was, is a way of counteracting that because now once the money that you have left as an inheritance goes into the trust, the trust is not a living being anymore. It's not a person. It's an entity, and entities don't die. And so what that means, therefore, is that it can pass on from your children to your grandchildren and potentially even your great-grandchildren with no estate taxes, okay? And, over, and, and uh, they can last for up to 100 years. So who knows what taxes are going to be like in the future, and if the inheritance that you leave is in a hermetically sealed container where no taxes will be applied, no estate taxes will be applied at the generational level for 100 years, I think that's a pretty cool thing to do. So that's one advantage of the dynasty trust. The other thing is that you know your children, your grandchildren, your, your down-the-line beneficiaries, uh, unborn as of yet even, uh, they may be subject to a lawsuit. They may be subject to uh, getting divorced. And uh, maybe you want to protect the inheritance that they get from divorce, from lawsuits, from bankruptcy. And you can do that, too, by having them inherit from you in a dynasty trust. So, And they have full access. You can design it however you want. So if you want them to have no access or complete access, you can design it. You can rule from the grave if you'd like. You can set the rules now. And for 100 years, people are going to be living with the rules that you created. So you get to do that. So there's a lot of advantages to it, but certainly it's not for everyone. Um, and you need to talk to a professional before you do any of this stuff. Okay. So one thing I would encourage you to do is go to our website, click on rpoa.com. And you can visit with one of our retirement planners who can help you to design your plan. Uh, we can also help you to build out um, your uh, income uh, strategies while you're retired, uh, save you on your income taxes potentially. We'll help you to make social security decisions if you're on the horns of that. Medicare, how to do all of that properly. We'll help you to decide if you can retire. You may be wondering, do I have enough money to retire? I don't even know. We'll help you to calculate that. We call it your magic number. We do all of those kind of things at our seminars and those are online right now but we're also going to start doing them live but right now they're still virtual and uh, you can sign up for that at our website rpoa.com and uh, oh dear that's too wonderful to be true i think it's not because it is true judy <laughs> and so we want to help you if we can so if you are over 50 if you are retired or retiring soon go to our website rpoa.com and like i said you can attend a seminar you can visit with a, uh, one of our retirement planners all kinds of stuff the other thing that i'd like you to do is to subscribe to the show okay we podcast this show you can subscribe to it on itunes you can subscribe to it uh, through your android device as well and you can subscribe online on our website rpoa.com so all of that is available to you. And you know what, Jack? I cannot believe it. The show's over already. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax 
tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Murray or MMWKM Advisors, LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.